Talking with Girlfriends is our therapy, our entertainment, and our education. Join me, Madden Chate Jones, and my good girlfriend, Tennille Daniels, for an hour of healing through hospitality as we welcome friends from across the lifestyle and wellness spaces to join us for some good, healthy girl talk. Pull up a seat, get comfortable, and make yourself at home. You are now listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Happy Black History Month. Yes. Happy Black History Month. Yes, indeed. How you feeling? About Black History? No, just about life. <laughs> life, life right now is, is a little busy. Life but, is lifing? Yeah, life is lifing. But we gonna Did keep... you have something to say about Black History? I don't want to... Don't let me stop your... Oh, no. You know, actually, my pastor the other day did um, a Bible study and it was like Mm -hmm. Black history focused. And he challenged us to really like think about people who are Black history heroes that don't get a lot of credit. And I Mm -hmm. couldn't think of a whole lot of people. So that's going to be my Black history challenge for Mm -hmm. the rest of the month. You know, I love that. All right. Keep us keep us posted all month long on who you on who you unearth. Will do. Will do. So what are you loving this week? Y'all. I am loving <laughs> this podcast called The Cheat Code. If mm. you like All My Children, One Life to Live, Days of Our Lives, actually didn't really like Days of Our Lives, but Young and the Rest of Us, this is a podcast for you. It is 10 episodes that tell a story about um, this couple who cheated on their spouses with each other and how it has played out over the course of some time. I don't want to give too much, but I was like all in. It was the soap opera I didn't even know I needed at the time. So go check it out. We'll put it, link it in the show notes, The Cheat Code. And then kind of related to The Cheat Code that our guest for today started is Trouble Tales. Girl, people are not (laughs) messy mess. (laughs) I was like, what in the hell is happening? I was like, I must not be living because these people are out here living, okay? <laughs> Girl, under their parents' roof. I mean, some of this stuff is just, I'm like, are they making this up to try to get on the, I, it can't, this can't be life. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I am, have definitely not gotten in enough trouble in my days and times, but Girl. I got in enough. So that's that's a, that's what we're going to go with for today. But what are you well, loving? Girl, your stuff is juicy. My stuff is dry, but I'm going to go ahead and deliver it. <clears throat> um, so what, what I'm loving this week is the Later app. I um, have been automating a lot of my Instagram content. Mm. Um, so I shared last week, we had a lot going on these past couple of weeks. We've been in the hospital. Um, we're at the tail end of a two-week hospital stay. Um, Thank God for God. the tail end. Tail end. Yes, yes, Lord. Mm. And so, you know, right around the time that everything um, kind of... Uh, hit emergency mode for us is right when I was getting ready to um, start our 21 day love challenge. And Mm. so y'all know, I like to get things done in advance. And so that served me because I had my content ready, Um, but I hadn't been scheduling content um, up until I had to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started with the later app and I love it. So I'll be doing a lot more scheduling, still being sensitive to the fact that like you can't schedule everything, right? Like you need to be present and engaging Mm -hmm. and flexible but for things like a challenge I'm like dude I could have been pre-scheduling some of this stuff for things that I know Mm -hmm. are like 21 days of content like this is good to me so I'm excited about the later app um shout out to 
Shalice and Unique. They were talking about it on IG Live a couple weeks ago, and it just popped into my mind right when I needed it. So that's what I'm loving. Yes, we are working smarter, not harder in 2021. That's right. So let's dive in because I think we're going to have a very... um, fruitful conversation today, and I don't want to belabor um, us getting started. So today we're going to be talking about fear fighting. You all know that we talk about fear um, and how it impacts every facet of our lives um, quite frequently here on the show. We had um, a whole episode about it, dedicated to it, um, and some of the lessons that we've learned um, in uh, October of last year during season two. And we got a really great reception to it. So we wanted to spend some time to really dig in and um, get some tactical tools around how we can actively fight fear, like um, how we process it, um, how we push through it, how we leverage it, how we harness its power because it's powerful, um, and how we allow it to help move us forward. And so we have um, a very special guest that will be joining us today who has really created a niche for herself as um, someone who is really an expert in this area and has been able to kind of take her own experience and help guide us um, as we as we kind of go through life together. Mm-hmm. So she's a, a, a co-laborer in this thing called life. And so we're grateful to have her on today. And Tanil's going to share a little bit about our guest. Yeah. So welcome to the table. I am so proud to introduce to you all our amazing friend, Lovey Ajayi Jones. <laughs> Wait, first of all, let me tell you. Let me tell y'all something. Air horns. <laughs> and we can't get in the clubs. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing the clubs to the podcast. <laughs> Child, you are bringing the clubs to the podcast. I love it. But one thing that I was like so nervous about. So Lovey is always on Instagram talking about how to correctly pronounce. Ajayi, right? And so we have a, a line sister whose last name is Ajayi, and I have been saying it forever, but I was like so nervous. You got nervous. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I cannot mess this up. But yes, mm-hmm. we are so glad to welcome Lovey to today's podcast. Lovey is a New York Times bestselling author, a sought after speaker, and a podcast host who thrives at the intersection of comedy, technology, and justice. She is the author of the New York Times bestseller, I'm Judging You, the Do Better Manual. If you don't have it, go out and get it right now. Mm-hmm. And we are super excited to talk to her today about her upcoming number one New York selling best. Amen. Time. Yes, we are claiming it. Okay. Number one New York Times bestselling book, <laughs> The Professional Troublemaker. And actually, it does, it's no the, it's Professional Troublemaker, Fair right. Fighter Manual, which will be released on March 2nd, 2021. So while y'all are going out and getting I'm Judging You, go ahead and pre order professional troublemaker. Um, we want you to do that. Not now, but right now. And right now. <laughs> you know our girl Maddie. She is a supporter of her friends, people she loves, etc. So Maddie has already pre-ordered, I think, five copies of the book. And so mm-hmm. a giveaway is in the future. Um, Lovey is a proud Chicago girl. And one of Chicago is one of my favorite cities in the world. So if you haven't been to Chicago, this is a plug. Not sponsored by Mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> but um, her love language is shoes and her superpower is her side eye. So, Lovey, mm-hmm. welcome to the Love Madden podcast. 
Thank y'all for having me. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us amidst your uh, all of the things that you have going on, book getting ready to come out, Black History yes, Month popping, speaking yes, engagements. So thank yeah. you for making time. Thank you for making time. Must make so, time for my peoples. Yeah, we appreciate you. I'm going to say this. This is not in her bio, but Lovey is not an actress. How she shows up, how y'all see her is who she is. <laughs> she is She is a good friend. She is. She shows up for people. Mm-hmm. She is a truth teller. She is an encourager. She's always open to learning and correction herself. She's like the kind of friend that um, everybody needs. And so we're so grateful to have you, boo. All right. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to to be back on the podcast. I was on this podcast sometime last year. Yeah. Was it two years ago? Yeah. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Girl, talking about the auntie robe. And the auntie robe is still relevant. Okay. The auntie robe is still relevant. It's more prevalent in the panorama. Listen, my auntie robe collection has grown. Okay. Flourishing. My auntie robe has grown. Okay. I have auntie robes for different seasons, for different temperatures, for right. different you got purposes. Some sexy joints. Yeah, we got some sexy joints. Yes. Listen, I have two lace ones. Look, the auntie robe collection has only grown in this panorama. Okay. We love to see it. We love to see it. So let's jump in with a, a first question. It's kind of a warm up. So we wanna, it's going to be conversational, but a little bit interview style. So let's start here, Lovey. And it's interesting because I saw that you did this the other day on Instagram and I was like, oh, good. She's going to be ready. So my question to you is, if you had to describe yourself, not just what you do, but who you are in a few sentences, how would you describe yourself? E, okay. I am. I'm the daughter of I know I know the, I know the post you're talking about but yeah I, I describe myself by being like who I'm tied to is really how I describe mm. myself mm. like I'm the daughter of a woman who sacrificed so much to move her kids to the United States mm. for a better life like the grand granddaughter of a woman who was courage epitomized and started her life basically over at the age of 17 because she got wow. orphaned wow I am the wife of a man whose beard I grabbed at a party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we met. That's how we met. And I am village member to a lot of different villages of people who I find to be dope mm-hmm. and just really good human beings. I love that. I really love how you describe yourself in the context of community mm-hmm. because the whole premise of Love Madden, Love Madden is about healing through hospitality. Um, and you know, how we grow as individuals, um, how that's so intertwined with how we relate to others. So the way that you describe yourself in relation to other people is just like right spot on for, for what we, what we talk about and what we preach on the show. So that's, um, that's so perfect. So I want to spend most of our time today talking about the topic of fear fighting. So Tanil, do you want to dig in with those questions? Sure. So our first question is what is fear fighting? And you know, kind of at its basic um, level, if you had to explain it to an elementary age child, how would mm-hmm. you explain it? Mm-hmm. Fear fighting is just knowing what scares you and seeing if that thing is still worth doing. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's the simple it's a simple practice of knowing that things will be scary, but then you have to determine what of those things is going to actually be something that you should do right? Like we're all afraid every single day about 
small things, big things. And the idea of fear fighting is just like, what happens if you actually are more intentional about knowing that, yeah, the thing is going to scare you, whatever that thing is, um, but you still have to do it. So tell us this, what role has fear played in your life, in your story, in your upbringing that sort of brought you to the moment that you're in today? How is, how, how did you get here? How did see? <laughs> right. Nobody's supposed, supposed to be, to be here. Listen, <laughs> don't get me started. Don't get me. I'll sing a whole Deborah. I will sing the whole song, and y'all gonna be no, like, "What? No, no, no." <laughs> Deborah Cox. She was. A, she was a little underrated because the girl could blow. Thank you, saying the girl could blow. Actually, you know what? Fun fact. This is really actually related. I'm glad you even asked that question. And you started singing a Deborah Cox song. <laughs> Because my TED talk that I gave mm-hmm. that now has 5 million views. Say that, say that again. Talk, 5 million. On, just in case y'all ain't know. But five who's counting? 5.5 five, <laughs> five five million. Point all right. five. Okay. Funny enough, I was the opening speaker of TED. You know who actually performed before me? Mm. Deborah Cox. Ooh, we met that look at that full circle. Look so, at that come circle. on. And, and Deborah Cox is quoted in my first book because I, I did ask, how did you get here? Nobody supposed to yes. be here. Yes. Yes. And it's full circle. So for y'all, that's how we're going to start this interview. I'm Questions like, this that need answers. Questions yes, that need answers. Yes, indeed. Okay. Yes, indeed. So yeah, fear has been a big part of my journey because I realized that my story as a writer, as a person, it's just of so many moments Mm. where I choose or chose to do something scary when I could have chosen otherwise. Mm -hmm. And even the TED talk, like I actually had turned down that talk twice Mm. because when it was offered to me, I thought I was too busy. I didn't think I had enough time to prepare and I didn't think I was ready for it. Mm. So I had turned it down in May of 2017 when they first asked me. In September of 2017, when they asked again for me to come to a panel, and then the third time they asked me was October 2017, wow. when I was like, oh, snap, I can at least go cheer on my friends who are speaking. Mm. Not to Pat cheer Mitchell. on. Listen, I said, you know, mm. I just go, I'll just go to cheer on my friends mm. because I have to bounce. I, I can only go for one day. Mm-hmm. And when I emailed um, Pat Mitchell, the curator, and I said, hey, I'd love to... Um, I'd love to just come for a day. Can I get a day pass? Pat was like, well, if you can come, I want you to be speaking. Mm. And I remember being like, first of all, that's crazy talk because it's three weeks out. That's actual crazy talk. And um, me being like, I can't speak because I have to be on an 8 p.m. flight out of New Orleans where Ted was happening to get to New York because the day after I was actually emceeing and keynoting a conference, a day conference. And Pat was like, well, if you have to get on that 8 p.m. flight, we can get you off the stage by 6.30. We can make you opening speaker. I was like, what? Wow. And I was about to turn it down again. (laughs) No, I was about to turn it down again, and I called Unique. Mm -hmm. It was a Sunday night. I remember I was standing by my kitchen counter. I I had asked a couple of friends already, and I was like, hey, they want me to do this TED Talk. And a couple of those friends had been like, yeah, that's going to be tough. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a lesson unique. in this. I'm going to just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There wow. is a lesson for sure. <laughs> and when I called Unique, 
I was like, yo, so they didn't ask me to do this TED talk. At this point, it's the second time, third time. Actually, it's the third time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, everybody else who is getting on that stage has already been, um, they've already had a coach for the last five months. Mm-hmm. Like, TED don't play. TED asked, Ted would be like, let's see your script. Let's edit your mm. talk. Here's the coach that's going to prepare you. All right, you're going to be good, good. Wow. And I was like, yo, yeah, all these other people, they've already heard, like, their talk, they already know their talk back and forwards. I'm busy. I'm going to have to come up with a brand new talk. Shit, everybody else been rehearsing. Mm-hmm. And Unique was like, okay, everybody ain't you. Mm. Facts. I said, that. well, shit. She literally <laughs> was like, everybody's not you. Mm. Like, you're... All the speaking engagements you've been doing this year has has prepared you for this. Your the fact that you've been speaking for ten years has prepared you for this. Yeah. I need you to get off my phone and go, and go write this talk. Stop playing. Wow. And literally, she, and then she hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't gonna give you no He literally said, no "Get rebuttal. off my phone." She <laughs> said, "Get off my phone and go write this talk." Mm. And hung up, and I deleted the email I was about to send Pat Mitchell, the three-paragraph email where I was like, I don't want to take this thing for granted. I can't do it. Mm. Instantly deleted it, and I said, well, shit, I guess I'm out of excuses now for real. Like, every excuse that I threw at at them, they did not let me say no to this thing. So when... The night before my TED talk, like I sent them the script. First of all, I wrote the talk in an Uber. First, like on the way to an airport wow. Wow. to go to another trip. I was like, all right, let me write my talk because I, I did not have time. Hmm. So I was like, shit, I'll take this time that I'm commuting to write this talk and I'll just, I'll be fine if they tell me it's trash and I, can't, I shouldn't even, I, you know what, that they made a mistake. Basically, yeah. I was prepared for them to be like, all never mind. Voices in your head, yeah. Yep. Yes, I was, I was yep. fully prepared. I, in my head, I was like, listen. I'm going to write this talk, just give it up to them, whatever. They're going to tell me it's trash. And I'll be like, you right, because I wrote that shit in the Uber. And it's cool. So when I'm pulling up to the to the airplane, I mean, to the to the airport, is when I finish the talk. I remember pressing send as I'm getting my luggage out the, out the trunk. Wow. So I get on the plane. It's a two and a half flight to wherever city I was going. I landed. And the TED team had already replied back and was like, oh my God, we love it. We don't really have any edits. Wow. wow. I was like, what type of, I was like, what type of foolishness? What do you mean? You ain't got you no You were edits. not getting out of this thing for nothing. Okay. No, for nothing. They was not letting me. And they were like, no, we love it. And TED, I've seen, they are notoriously picky. Like they'll pick right. apart talks. These people was like, nah, we good. You, this was great. I was like, dang it. So <laughs> I finally was like, man, I guess, I guess I'm gonna do this talk. And y'all, because I was, pra- I, I was, uh, on the road that whole time. Like I literally was on a 10 city speaking tour that mm. fall. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was, I was in at least two new cities every week. And then any speaking engagements outside the speaking tour. So some, some weeks I was in three cities. I had no time Crazy. in between nothing to be like preparing for my Ted talk. Right. So I remember the week before I was like, yeah, I still don't even have this talk memorized. Like. Hmm. I'll work on it like the week. Long story short, I didn't get a chance to get to this talk until the day before I was going to New Orleans. And right. mind you, I could only be in New Orleans for 10 hours. Some hours. Mm. Yeah. Hours. Mm. So I, the day before, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to start. I, I got packed for this. I'm going to rehearse. I'm going to like memorize this talk. The other thing is, Ted wanted me to memorize it. And I typically don't memorize my talks. I like 
I write bullet points and I just mm-hmm. go with, with the flow. This one, yeah. I, the script that I had to send them because that's that's how much they don't play. The script that I had to send them, I basically had to memorize it. So right. they ain't want you to miss a word. Right, <laughs> exactly. It was around twelve o'clock midnight. I finally got serious to be like, all right, let's memorize this shit. Mm. Man, listen. So I like read it out to Carnell, and I was like, okay, listen to this talk. So he's hearing it. He goes. It's missing something. Mm. Like, you right. Yeah, I scrapped half my talk. Wow. The night before. The night, the night before. Mind you, my flight is at 8 a.m. to Ooh. New Orleans. It's at this point midnight. And I scrapped half my talk, rewrote it. I was like, I ain't going to tell Ted I basically rewrote this talk. Get <laughs> him pre, already pre-approved. Pre-approved, exactly. So what I did was when the morning came, when the morning came, I sent them the script while I was in the car to be like, hey, just made a few edits to the script. Just wanted to give you, just send you the I final script. I yeah, just, I, all I said was, I was like, just the final script. I just made a few edits, but so you have the final mark. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm on a plane memorizing this talk. Like I got my iPad. I landed in New Orleans. I go to, like they have a car waiting for me that just takes me straight to the to where Ted is happening. I have my luggage. I got my clothes. And y'all, my outfit was fire because I said, if nothing I else, might be, if nothing else, a bitch gonna look good. I said, I'm gonna look good. What they're not gonna be able to say. What they not, they're gonna be like, she was trash, but the bitch looked good. Okay. I was like, I said, I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna be fine and hopefully distract them from whatever shenanigans I'm gonna say on that stage. Girl, that is I picked out my blazer, my yellow blazer. Yes. I was like, okay. I was like, I ain't gonna wear red because Ted is red mm-hmm. and I gotta right. stand on a red circle. So I was like, I got a right. color that's gonna pop. So yes. This yellow blazer, black shirt, some Italian moccasins. Okay. One of my friends is a jeweler and I happened to be staying at her house like four days before Ted started. And she was like, so what you wearing for this talk? And I said, you know, so, you know, a blazer. She said, no, no, no. What are you wearing? And I said, mm. oh, just my regular like hoops. And she said, oh, no. <laughs> we ain't taking, wearing no on. hoops. <laughs> she said, she said, you can do hoops. But she was like, you're going on the Ted state? No, no, no. I need you to look expensive. Yes. Yeah. Child, she, she went into her room and just laid out all these jewels and said, okay, what color are you wearing? I was like, oh, I think yellow and black. She said, all right, wear these. In fact, she said, wear these now. Don't take them off until you finish your TED Talk. I said, wow. wear these now? Wow. She said, yeah, because they need to be on you, on your person. I said, okay. So mm. I put the studs on. I was like, what? She gave me like a <laughs> ring, a necklace. I said, okay. Yeah, so when I landed- On your person. On, on my you, person. At all times. Like, wear it. <laughs> Like she was like, and bring it back. Put this in your bag. And look, and bring it back. I said, I said, but here's the thing. I was like, I'm gonna be back in New York because the conference that I had to come back to was in New York. Mm-hmm. That's how much I was traveling. My ass was in New York That's on crazy. Sunday. We'd be coming back to New York on, on Thursday, right and in between, wow. I'd be in Chicago and New Orleans. That's so I get wild. to New Orleans, they put me in the makeup chair. I bring my own makeup. You know what I mean? Um, and I go rehearse on the stage one time. I'm rehearsing it on the stage by holding my iPad and reading my iPad because wow. I still didn't have it memorized. Mm. And I was thinking they're going to be like, this chick. They were like, <laughs> oh my God, we love it so much. I was wow. like, bruh, what? 
So yeah, six o'clock came. I spent all the, the time in between once I got dressed, just rereading it to myself. Like, okay, all right, let's, let's make sure we got this memorized because this is going to be the first time you're giving this talk. Child, after Deborah Cox performed, <laughs> Pat Mitchell called my name on stage and I go on there, I have my mic on. I step on the red circle, the red carpet, and my mic pack falls off my, my pocket. Oh, shoot. Oh, wow. Mind you, this whole time, I'm sweating, but I'm so nervous because I'm just like, yo, I've never been this nervous for giving a talk before because I'm just like, if I mess this up, mm. if I mess this up, child, what is this going to do? Mm. So I was, you want to talk about fear? Sweat. I was scared. And then I was like, I can't believe my goofy self decided to rewrite half of it the night before. Just who had who told me? So when I stepped on that stage and my mic fell off, I said, "Well, damn." That would have at least thrown me off. At least I got my studs in. Yo, I still got my studs in. No, y'all gonna see these studs though. Okay, y'all gonna see these studs. But look, be distracted by the gems. Be distracted by the gems. <laughs> be distracted. So the mic guy has to come back, fix the mic on my pocket. Hmm. And then I start, and let me tell you, it was like an out-of-body experience. Wow. The, the TED talk that y'all saw is the TED talk I gave. So TED has the script backstage that at any point during your talk, if you forget, you can come backstage. They'll do editing magic. I've heard of people literally forgetting half their talk as they're giving mm. TED talks. But they'll edit it to make it look good. The talk that y'all saw was the talk I gave. Come on, Holy Spirit. Wow, yeah. no, no ums, ain't no... Oh, what was I about to say? It yes. like flowed out of me like I'd yes. been giving it a thousand times. Mm, and another God. fact that mm -hmm. nobody could realize, if you watch the TED Talk, if you, you will notice I'm actually not moving my neck much. Mm. Why? Because when I move, I move my whole body. Because my mic was actually like threatening to fall off again. Oh, wow. But y'all couldn't tell because I was, nope. I was like cognizant to it. I was like, okay. So I didn't move my neck. You I was clenched. <laughs> yeah. Like I was moving my body though. Yeah. So it was like, you couldn't, I was like, it's not going to fall off again. But the it talk still delivered it. flowed out of my, my body. Like mm. I had been doing this thing a wow. thousand times. Wow. And in this whole thing, the moment I said, thank you, I ran off the stage because I remembered I still have a flight to catch. Mm, but right. I ran off the stage so quick. The stage manager stops me, push like he turns me around and he says, "I need you to see the standing ovation you're getting." Wow! And he pushed me back on stage, and the wow. whole room is on its feet. Like I have, a, there's a picture they took of the audience on their feet after I finished wow. Wow. that I still have. Wow. And then I bow and I run off the stage again. And Pat Mitchell Moment. grabs me and is like, "That was amazing! I am so proud of you." She was like, your, your luggage is waiting in the car, safe travels. And I jump in the car mm. and I get on the plane and I'm like, I crushed it. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. It, a week it, later, they hit, they, they hit me up and was like, so we want to feature your talk. Wow. On December 1st. My talk was the first from that event to be featured. Wow. That, that was ever even dropped because Ted will sometimes wait seven, eight months. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll just be like, "We didn't like the talk. We're not even not using it." it. Right. Mm -hmm. Within a week, they were like, "This is the one we want to post." And wow. million views in a month, five point six million views in three years, and yes. countless speaking engagements because of it. Countless mm -hmm. emails that I've gotten because of it. Mm -hmm. And I always said, "Imagine if I actually let them 
imagine if they let me say no. Yeah. yeah imagine right. if that fear if that fear had won. What, fear what, had won. The trajectory. Imagine how much stuff I would have missed out on doing, mm. on saying, on touching people. It would have been so different. And I'm just like, what happens when we stop letting fear be our main decision factor? Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting too, because you say fear fighting. And sometimes right. we talk about like courageousness and fearlessness as though, you know, it's not a process, but you you literally had to fight back your fears. You tried mm-hmm. two, three times um to reject that opportunity or to procrastinate on that opportunity because you were scared. And so yep. fear fighting is a, it's work. Yeah. And I just as we were as we were talking, I was just thinking about like a boxing match. You, you know, at the end, you knock that thing out the park, TKO, but all yeah. of the jabs and I don't need left hook, right hook, all I don't, I'm not a boxer, clearly. <laughs> no, but... don't try using that. Stick to what you know. Stick to what you know. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, you knocked it out the park. So yeah. That's 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 excellent. Um, you know, another thing, last night Tanil and I were in a um a group Zoom call with our accountability group that we're a part of. And one of the things that was said at the end of the accountability group is how sometimes the spirit will work through us, mm-hmm. how we yes. will be a vessel. Yep. And yeah. so when you're describing how there were no uhs and ums and you know, and how you said it was an out of body experience. Like mm-hmm. to me, that is so supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Those moments are just so spectacular to like experience them and to see them. That's when you know you're exactly where you're supposed to be, and you're being yep. used um, for for the purpose that you're here to be to be Amen. used for. So yeah, yeah. Amen. that's real. So okay, so go oh, go go ahead, T. Yeah, I was just gonna say. So following the the TED talk, I, I want to ask this question about. How and when did you decide to turn that experience with fear into expertise? Like, how, how have you carved out this niche area now in fear fighting? I don't even realize I carved out no niche. I just couldn't stop talking about it once I realized, oh, snap, every single time that I decide to do something that scares me, that feels too big, I've won because of it. Mm. Like, I, it wasn't even like a strategy that I had. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I couldn't stop talking about it and seeing it everywhere and seeing how it affects us on a daily basis. Like, mm. everybody operates from this space. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, okay, the TED Talk was 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 what it was, and I let it be, all the things that were happening with it were happening with it. My signature talk actually didn't change. Like I was still doing my speaking truth to power talk. And mm-hmm. really in there, I was talking about like the importance of the courage of speaking the truth. But part of that also shows up in speaking the truth to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So right. I just kept doing that. So then, you know, I had people being like, so when are you going to come out with your next book? And I was like, I don't know. I got to figure out what the next book is about. Mm-hmm. I kept on saying like, I don't know yet. I'm not sure yet. And then what gave me the idea for this book? It was probably in 2018, let me see, that was 2017, 2018. I got the deal in 2019. Yep, 2018. Um, that year, I actually did something for, uh, what was that? VH1. Mm-hmm. I did a thing for VH1. And I think some, I had referred to myself as a professional troublemaker. No, no, actually, damn. Okay. 
past me always leaves current me like breadcrumbs that I don't mm. realize I'm, mm. I've good. literally this last week I've been like oh and this is why people just need to honor what feels right without doubting it mm. because usually it's for a reason and I've found especially because I look back on Facebook memories or yes. I'll find an old tweet or I'll find mm-hmm. an old Facebook post, like oh, Instagram post or email that I sent somebody and I'd be like, holy shit, that mm-hmm. is what I'm doing now. So mm-hmm. where this is relevant. I don't know where I came up with the idea of professional troublemaker or somebody called me that. And I was like, that's it. I am a professional. Tro- I get paid to make trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I was like, yes, this is how I get paid. Like my writing, yeah. I'm the person who's saying what people dare not to say. So in, in 2018, actually, there was a video that I did for VH1 that I forgot about until my, mm-hmm. one of my team members found it this week and sent it to me. The video is called Love You Jai on How to Be a Professional Troublemaker. Wow. wow. Mind you, this is before my TED Talk. Wow. It was like, right, no, it was right after my TED Talk. Well, when I decided to call this book Professional Troublemaker, because I was like, oh, that's what it's going to be called. Mm-hmm. The first three words of my TED Talk, I'm a professional troublemaker. I didn't right. do that on purpose. Wow. I realized it after the fact that I'd done that. I'm like, oh, shit. It was literally, the book was done, finished. We've already decided on the name when I was going back to watch my TED Talk or like to pick a clip. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that the first words I say is, I'm a professional troublemaker. Oh, mm-hmm. snap. Wow. So it's one of those things that's like, it affirms the fact that I'm telling you, you got to move in a way that is natural to you because there's a yeah. reason for it. You yeah. might not know there is even a strategy. You realize it after the fact. So mm-hmm. when I go back and talk about fear and when I was like, oh, that's what the book is going to be about. The reason why I knew cl- and I got clarity on this book, I was on the way to Paris in November, 2018. Mm-hmm. I had a new book agent because I, my book agent for book one, I was like, you know what? I've outgrown that book agent. I need a new one, my career book agent. Mm-hmm. And she was talking to me. She was like, okay, I know you're trying to figure out your second book. So she rewatched my TED talk and she was like, there's something based on your TED talk that you should write about. So she actually sent me a document that was like points that came out to her, that jumped out to her in my TED talk. And the mm-hmm. Be the Domino piece was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she mailed me a set of dominoes and said I hope this helps you like this brings up ideas for you Wow, those dominoes are right on my computer right now and I wow. kept them there so on the way to Paris I'm we're about to board the flight and this line just dropped in my head and all of a sudden I had full clarity and the line was I come from a long line of professional troublemakers one of them was my grandmother hmm. and I was like oh Mm. that's the basis of the book. That's who I center around the book. Like on the way I pulled out this notebook. Usually I fall asleep the moment I get on the plane because I'd be tired (laughs) (laughs) on this flight. The first three hours I was writing down the ideas. I was writing down what I was thinking. And I was like, this is my book. This is my book. This is what it is. And yeah. And that's how I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about. But, Wow. It wasn't strategy. It was just it just happened. 
it just happened. It was organic. And I've heard you say many times before that you used to be afraid to even call yourself a writer. You used to be afraid mm-hmm. to even kind of own your um, your role, your purpose, your title. And so this has been a long time coming. This right. fighting fear work that you've been doing has been, I mean, like maybe a decade and a half, if not longer. And who knew? Who right. knew that right. I was actually doing this and like setting this intention that I didn't even mm-hmm. know I had. Yeah. So there's yeah. another message. I just I need to like make sure people are getting these nuggets as yeah. we're going yeah. through. It's a bunch of them in here. <laughs> yeah. We got we have to mind this uh interview because there are a lot of nuggets in here. Um mm-hmm. and I think I, I think it's important for for our listeners, you know, in our community to be able to have some like really strong takeaways. Um so Lovey, as you're kind of sharing your story with us, if you had just like one or two key takeaways, you would tell any woman um, listening to this podcast right now about her fighting her fears along her own path. Like what, just what like really strong messages do you want people to be able to take away from our conversation? Yeah, I think it's really important for people to understand that, you know, whether it's in the nice words of it all, Mm-hmm. Real importance is that the life that you want to live or you might be too afraid to live is honestly at the other side of you constantly doing those scary things. Mm. Yep. And I realized that's what really permeated my journey is when I realized that. I knew I didn't know I was doing it. Mm-hmm. But I kept on doing things. <laughs> Oh, that scares me. Oh my God, that's too big. Ew, mm-hmm. I don't think that's comfortable. But I'm telling you, every single time that I did it, something amazing came out of it that I would not have been able to draw in myself. So yeah, my the key thing that I want somebody to take away who's listening to this mm-hmm. is that that thing that you want to do, that thing you want to say, that thing that keeps coming up for you, that still feels scary, that feels kind of out, out of your reach, Yeah, try it. You're gonna stay. You're gonna be afraid, and that's fine, right? right. And, and and just know that that fear probably exists for a reason because you can't have courage without fear. If right. it was easy, everybody mm. would do the shit. Right? If it was easy, everybody would do it. Right. So you're. It's like a day by day, moment by moment decision to choose courage. Mm. Mm. That's good. That is. And I know that so many of our listeners, a lot of the questions that we get, um, you know, on social media and from our listeners are about like. A purpose and direction and fulfillment. And what I'm hearing you saying is that all of those things are on the other side of our fears. Like if it doesn't scare you, um, it's not big enough. It's not, it's not your thing. So there should be a little bit of trepidation as we move toward um, the thing that we've been called to do. So if, if you yeah. feel afraid, that's a good thing. Yes, it's a great thing because listen, if it was easy, I'm telling you, everybody would have done it. Mm-hmm. If it was mm-hmm. something that was not scary, everybody would have done it. But here's the part mm-hmm. that also gets people is sometimes the thing that you're scary, like that you're afraid of, is actually not as bad. Like you built up the fear so big yep. in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You actually created it into the monster that it now is. And then you would do it and be like, that wasn't so bad. Exactly. Yeah. It's because yeah. you created it into the monster that it now is. Yeah. So sometimes it's like, I, I, I compare it to when you see a dark hallway. Mm-hmm. 
and you don't want to run through because you're like, I don't know what's in there. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to stand there and pace around for a bit. I don't know if I can do it. And then you do it and it only takes 10 seconds and there's nothing. There's no boogeyman. And you're like, right. oh, man. Right. I could have right. just, I wasted a lot of time. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> you ain't got to waste all that time. You ain't got to waste right. all that time at all. Just get it done. Yeah. Giving it too much power. power. Mm-hmm. Like you said, making it something bigger than it is. And the, and the thing is, like, in our mind, there is unlimited room for us to make something as big and scary yeah. as we want to. Like, our imagination yeah. is limitless, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. versus what, what we're Here's really the thing. Thinking. Our imagination of what could go wrong is limitless. Mm-hmm. Why isn't our imagination about what could go right also just as limitless? Limit. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's right. That's real. That's real. We're always sort of leaning toward that 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 cautious, right? Um, and a lot of us, we talk about this on the show a lot too. We we have defenses built up. We don't want to be vulnerable. We want to protect ourselves. But sometimes you need just a little bit of that, like effort. Like I'm gonna just do it. I'm like just you, do you it. need a little bit of that. Just go for it. Yeah, yeah because good. I mean, my whole thing is like I really want people to stop opting out of the best case scenario because you're afraid of the worst case scenario. Mm, I needed that for my own self. Mm, Stop opting out of the best case scenario. That was, that's it. (laughs) That's it. That's the tweet. That's the tweet. I'm trying to tell you, like, stop opting out of it because you, you're so afraid of what could go wrong. What about that thing that could go right? So then you Mm. never, so you don't want to ask your boss for a raise because you're afraid they're going to say no. Okay, that's if the worst case scenario is that they're gonna say no, you're gonna be right where you started. Correct, <laughs> you ain't lost nothing, right? Correct, you ain't, you ain't lost, lost nothing. nothing. Yeah. Meanwhile, they could say yes and change your financial life. What, correct? So, why correct. So, you're afraid of the no, so now you're not gonna try for the yes. Oh, if no. you ain't, hey, if you ain't grab oh, that no. beard, okay, if you ain't <laughs> grab that beard. We might not be where we are today, all right? That so part. we got to go ahead and take those chances. <laughs> that part. Take dumb chances. Child. <laughs> no, this, this was everything. And I, I know we're going to keep going into how fear has and is continuing to show up in our lives. But I want to ask you as we start going a little bit deeper into kind of where things are in your life now and, and how things are um, being shaped for you. My next question is, what is the biggest surprise that you've had in the last few months? Mm. What, good or bad surprise? It doesn't matter however you want to take it. Shit. I'll say my <laughs> therapist dying is the worst surprise oh, I've yes. heard. Yes. I know. I know. Y'all, that part, that that's the worst surprise I got because you never think yeah. about therapists dying. No. Which mm. is wild. Yeah, like, when I saw that, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Ooh, y'all, mm-hmm. y'all. Who do you process it with? Right. I mean, who, girl, who you process your therapist down with? I'm like, universe, you ain't got to have jokes like this. This is not necessary. Like, right. I'm right. like, uh-uh. Universe is petty. But um, best surprise, ooh, I would say, you know what? Yes, the best surprise is my editor, actually. Mm-hmm. Um. She said my book has changed her life. Wow. Yes. The way I'm so ready for this book, I'm like, look yes. at all the people who got the pre um the preview book, right? Listen. They write the, the stuff they telling her back and then she's mm-hmm. posting. I'm like, 
when can March 2nd get here? <laughs> March, March 2nd about to be. And you still about to be here, though. You sent me a picture of a page. I'm like salivating for oh. the book. I'm <laughs> a a picture, a picture of, of the page. Can you just send me a picture so I can just look at the, read the picture, please? Maddie, I'm I'm going to send you an advanced copy. Oh, bless you. I'm going to send you an advanced electronic copy. Yeah, I'm so pressed. Um, I'm so, so pressed. Can, I'm going to have to put it. Barack, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to put. I've been reading Promised Land for the last three years. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> Promised Land. <laughs> Promise Land <laughs> is so long, so long, longer so... than the Dead Sea Scrolls. Who got to Barack? We got stuff to do. What we doing here, Barack? What we, we love doing? You so much. We love you so much, Uncle. But I just need to put this down for just a moment. <laughs> Yo, I need Barack to stop being petty. Sir, I know we. I know we are in a panoramic and we ain't going nowhere. Why you? Why is this book 70,000 so, pages? Exactly. Y'all, ain't, y'all ain't got nothing else to do. Go ahead, curl on up. <laughs> oh, Barack, I, you just blessed Barack my life. Said, I'm so pressed. Barack said he was going to make sure he's going to reclaim our time. I said, sir, we do not. We ain't got to do this just because we sit in the house. But he's trying to be in competition with Becoming and we're not having it. Sir. And we're not right, having right, it. Right, right. He's like, oh, I'm going to show. Oh, I'm going to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> I show you. But, but you know, but you know, there's a part two coming. Because he wasn't I done. Told right. you, I said, Barack. When that member said volume one, I said, no, uh-uh. sir. No, <laughs> sir. No, sir. One more is left. One more is left. Right. You know, How his audiobook is 29. Do you know the audiobook is 29 hours long? I said, Yes, Who? honey. Yeah. Well, first of all, been, no. No, let me tell you how egregious. Let me tell you how egregious Barack is. No, no. I'm going to tell you how egregious this man is. So, my book, my first book is, tw- is three, no, 250 pages, right? Mm-hmm. That book's audiobook is six hours. Wow. <laughs> so Barack then did 700 pages at 29 hours. Yeah. Uncle, what happened? Why? 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 Exactly. Why? He said, I'm going to give you all this cool, casual stroll through this book. Bruh. Just like I'll be strolling down. <laughs> He's so ridiculous. The but yeah, but if you want to Uncle Cool, Uncle Barry, y'all going to get Uncle him. Cool, he get, and you, the, the detail, the level no, of but detail you know what happened. describes people. No, but oh, you know what happened. You know how old people do. You know they love to take their sweet ass time when they talking. Yeah, they true. be taking. You be like, why are we still on the same sentence? And you know that's what he did. You know that's what Barack you did. I'm tired. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm tired oh, of gosh. But, yeah. uh. Yeah, so no, my, my, uh, <laughs> we're all the way so down stupid. the rabbit hole. We so stupid. No, my, um, yeah, no, my editor, she said my book made her ask her boss for a raise. Wow. And not only did she get this raise, she got a promotion. Wow. She got a promotion. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She got a promotion and then her so assistant good. got promoted because she got promoted. She was like, wow. Cool. Wow. Come on, Domino. You see the domino. Yeah. You see the domino working? Yes. I so love that. I love it's, that. Yes, yeah, lit. I'm excited for y'all to see it. I'm excited for it to be in the world. I'm excited to find out like what it does for people. Yes. You know, like when they when they say, like, oh, I read the book and it made me do this thing. That's the story that I'm 
I'm looking forward to, mm-hmm. to taking that one. Please, please pre-order. If you've already pre-ordered, pre-order another More. one. More. Share yes. it with your friends. Yes, the pre-orders yes. matter. Like, we want her, think about a movie, an opening weekend. Like, we want yes. her opening weekend to slay, okay? Yes. Don't wait oh. Don't wait to hear what your friends have to say, because we already know it's going to be good. It's good. All right. So just go ahead and get it now. It's good. I'm and I'm going to also right say... Buy it for your family because a lot of our fear-based thoughts are because of our mamas, our daddies, our grandparents. So go ahead and gift it to them too so we can break these generational uh, cycles. Amen. Amen. I'm with that. Yeah, that's so good. This is something that you need to be gifting. While y'all out here gifting, and nothing wrong with these other gifts that we be sharing with one another, but let's gift let's gift something that is purposeful, that is life changing, that is generation changing. So let me tell you what my mission is. Yes, let me tell you my mission. Because you know I'm constantly trying to live the life that I'm asking other people to live. Yes, and my mission is to empower a million people to fight their fears so they can live this audacious life like that is my goal i've let my team know i've this is my guiding light in this like i want as a result of this book for a million people to fight their fears because imagine what happens in the world if a million people do something that felt hard but necessary Mm-hmm. If a million people ask for a raise, if a million people mm-hmm. ask for a promotion, if they went for the yes. degree they want, how much yes. more will it shift our reality? A true level up. Yeah. I'm telling you. So are you going to have like a place on your website or something where people can talk about how the book, you know, caused them to uh, fight their fears? Because how I want to yes. like, how are you going to count this a million? Yes. I, we're, we're creating a website like Perfect. that's actually... That's going to have resources, fear fighter resources. Mm, That's going to, people can be able to like go in there and drop a, you know what I'm saying? Say I am one, you know what I mean? So we're working on that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a challenge happening right now. I saw that as well. So for those of you who are not following Lovey, I don't know what you're doing. Go ahead and follow. And let's do the lead up. Let's lead up. Yes. Okay, let's go ahead and yeah. start our fear fighting before the book is even in your hands. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We're doing the fear fighter challenge for, we call them February, fearless February, fear fighter February. So yes. people can start because every day they'll get a prompt. When you sign up for it, you get a prompt in your email that says, um, that gives you an action to do that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the whole goal is by the end of February or after 28 days, because if it's, if you can even start after February, we don't mind. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. We're keep the Fair Fighter Challenge going. But we want to start giving you actions that you can start taking now. Yep. That's going to be good to move you forward in some way. All right. Let me start because I'm late because I ain't get no prompt. So maybe I didn't. Yeah, I just saw I saw it today. But we we in there. We're going to start we in there. To yes. today. So people people just got to go to fearfightachallenge.com. Okay. And, and I'll put sign that up for it. Yep, yep, yep. They'll start getting prompts and you'll be joining a community of people who are also in Love Nation who will be fighting their own fears. Yes. We're going to get to that million. I love how you put a number on it. Hey, one thing about Love is she's going to manifest. Anything no, is okay. <laughs> hey, anything, listen, why well, I tweeted something the other day and I was like, hey, love you, we just be tweeting stuff and it'd be, it'd be, I mean, yes. she couldn't work. But I said, let me go ahead and put this out in the world because right. I'm trying to manifest. I mean, literally everything she, it huge, huge stuff and (laughs) it happens. So, uh, she going to reach that million. Know that. Amen. 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 It is claimed, claimed and claimed. 
Yes, indeed. All right. So before we wrap up, I want to ask you one more question. I have heard you talk in the past about failing forward. So can you share with us, it doesn't have to be recent, um, but just a failure or a setback that you are proud of. Just a a time Mm. that you have failed forward, like a failure that was so good to you. There is a chapter in my book actually called Fail Loudly. Come on. Look, y'all, y'all know I don't even have the advanced copy. This is how connected. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is how connected we are. I didn't know that. It's true. true. She ain't know it. She ain't know it. There's literally a chapter in my book called Fail Loudly Mm. where I talk about my biggest public fail and what I learned. So I ain't going to mention that part because I want people to go buy the book to read that. Mm -hmm. But but I'll say a failure that pushed me forward was the D I got in chemistry when I thought I was going to be a doctor. Mm. Mm. I think we often hear that. You shouldn't quit. Like in, in this whole, as we're motivating people, sometimes the messaging becomes never quit. No, no, no. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you, you need, yeah, exactly. No one to hold them, no one to fold them. No one to fold them because a lot of times failure exists to allow us to pivot. Like mm. it's allowing us to look at something different. It's saying, hey, you're going the wrong way. That's why that thing yeah. happened. Yeah. So for me, like yeah. my freshman year in college, when I got the D in chemistry, it was after me thinking I was going to be a doctor. But that was right. that was God in the universe being like, no, sis, no, ma'am. Nah. Not for no you. Plus, not no, for we you. We have enough doctors. We have enough doctors and you will be terrible at it. So please <laughs> save everybody the pain. Okay. <laughs> you would be trash. You're going to heal people a different way. God yes. said, you, you, you're still going to be a doctor, right? You're going to mm. heal people a different way. Yeah. Right. Right, yeah, right, that's right. it. Like, that's it. You know, God was like, listen, sis, you're not doing that. We're not mm. doing that with you. But mm. I think it's really important to also kind of reposition what even fails. Like, you don't really fail unless you learn nothing, unless nothing grander mm. came from this major thing that happened. Yep. And I think for us, we tend to think failure just looks like, oh, I made a mistake. No, no. Some mistakes are actually pointing you to your greater good. Mm -hmm. So you just got to pay attention to it. Yeah, that's good. All right. So, Lovey, before we close out the episode, it's one more question we're all going to answer. But before we get to that question of the episode, I want to share a word with our listeners. Every week I come with a scripture, a thought, and a practice. So this week's scripture is out of the book of Psalms. It's Psalms, Psalm 56.3. And it says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Um, I love that. I'm going to say it one more time. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. It is important for us to have a place to put our fear. The scripture reminds us to put our trust in the Lord when we feel fear. And we will all feel fear. Let's own that, right? Like there is no fearlessness. There's going to be fear. And it's a good thing. Um, I think that Lovey today made an important distinction between sort of this um, fearlessness concept and what actual fear fighting looks like. Fear fighting is work. It's facing it, like she said, naming it, acknowledging it, processing it, and knowing what to do with it. Um, It is important for us to have a place to put it. So as for me, I will do the work. I will acknowledge my fears. I will make decisions based on it, but I will always be grateful to know that I can put my trust in the Lord along that journey. All right. Mm, That was good. And thank y'all. Thank y'all. And so in my practice for you, my practice for you before we close out, y'all, think about a fear. 
Think about a fear that you can ha you have. It can be a big one or, or a small one. You don't have to have been invited to do a TED Talk, right? It might just be something that you're facing right now. Yes. Um, and, and acknowledge it, mm -hmm. name it, and make a decision about what you're going to do with it. What yeah. are you going to do with it? Because it's a decision point, like she said. So one of the things that I want people oh, to know, so for the fear fighter challenge, one of the things that we're going to be asking people to do is that we want you to not just write down your fear, but now share it with somebody else. Yeah, yeah. makes it real. Because given makes it real. It, yeah, it makes it real. And also it'll make it less scary because if you tell it to the right person, they'll give you perspective that shows that you're not weird because you have this fear. You right. just you. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I think um, some of us, we, we, we can tend to hide. Um, you know, there can be a denial. Mm -hmm. in, 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 and um, I think when you name something, when you acknowledge it, and like you say, when you share it, it, it makes it real, but it also makes it less of the monster. Like she yes. said, it, yep. it puts it into perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm grateful for that. All right, Tanille, you ready? I am ready. It okay. is time for question, question of the episode. episode. All right, so today's question, and I'm going to start with you, Lovey, is what's a fear you have recently or are currently fighting through? Ooh, so I did not know how to ride a bike because I was afraid of falling. Yes. yes. And then Mr. Jones decided he <laughs> will teach me how to ride a bike. So in September, we went on a four-hour mm. bike riding lesson around uh, Chicago mm. where he taught me how to ride a bike. I and love it. I, just, I swear, me and Will just don't get along, but... <laughs> He said, you're going to learn today. You're going to learn yeah. today. He got me Praise a helmet. God. He got me all this safety. I had on elbow pads. <laughs> I had on. <laughs> I look like a, a three-year-old. He, he was like, and I bought it. it was red, and he bought me all red everything. I, was like, oh, I love it. You know me. So, yeah. I love it. And I, yeah, we were so proud of you, man. That is amazing. Um Sometimes it's like when you have those long standing fears, it's yeah. like, like you said, they seem even bigger than they are. Like that's, that's been a long time coming. So that's, that's what's up. Yes, ma'am. All right, Maddie, what about you? <clears throat> so this is one that I'm currently working through. Um, uh, my husband and I would like to grow our family and I have a lot of fear and trepidation around the process mm. because of my past experience. And so um, this is one where I'm leaning on that scripture. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to do what has to be done. We're going to move forward with hopeful expectation, but I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. I'm not going to let the fear stop us from trying. Yep. Um, we <clears throat> almost a year, uh, almost a year, just a couple weeks from a year, had a miscarriage at the beginning of 2020. And um, not like I hadn't experienced it before, but it, that one really like, we weren't trying. So that one really kind of knocked me off my feet. But um, I'm not going to let fear stop me. And um, I'm hopeful. I think this is going to be good. So keep the Joneses in your prayers as we uh, as we move forward to expanding our family, God willing. Amen. Oh, Amen. We keeping yes. all the Joneses in our prayers. Right. All the Joneses. All, a lot of Joneses here. It is. It Joneses. is. I'm the outcast in, in the family right now, but it's all good. It's all That's good. All right. Everybody got a Jones somewhere down the line. So and Carnell got a brother. <laughs> 
He does not have a girlfriend, Camille. Hey, one thing about Camille is she do ask. No, no, you better ask, ask, and you shall receive. You, you better ask. <laughs> If anybody listening out there has an eligible bachelor, holla at me. Hello, no, no, no. But the, the joke was I was trying to become a Jones, so that was my, that, that's my way, my way. But yeah, it might be Jones in the listenership. Okay, you never know. True, true, right. true. What about you? What's the fear that you're fighting? Yeah. So last week I talked about my, you know, experiencing a level of peace in my journey to motherhood. And by the time this episode comes out, I will be preparing for a surgery. And I had been having peace with it for a while, but just a, a day or two ago, I started to become fearful of all of the things like we talked about earlier, that could go wrong versus mm-hmm. like what was the best case scenario. So mm. I'm just continuing to fight through it. I've talked to and named my fear to, I'm doing it to you all now, but I've also shared it with a couple of my friends and mm-hmm. I'm going to lean on the word and yeah. go into the surgery knowing that great things are going to come out and I will be good on the other side. So that's what I'm yeah. currently fighting. Do not, do not opt out of the best case scenario. Lovey Ajayi Jones, do not opt out of the best case scenario. Thank you, Lovey, for yes, joining us. We love you. you so much. We appreciate you love so you. much. And y'all go pre-order the book. Order the book. What did um what's the lady name? Jennifer Lewis, the song. Camille, you remember the song? Huh? I know Jennifer the song Lewis. You're about. I know the song. Order my book. I can't yeah. Come on, Tanil. Um, I got it for you right now. <laughs> the grandmother off a of blackish. No, you're talking about, but I don't know the song. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord, can, um Tenille. Come to my book tour stop. You know, at this point, by the time this episode drops, yeah, my I would have announced my book tour. I have a seven city book tour, so people can oh. come on, buy tickets yeah. to the book tour. You yes. know, what I mean? yeah, and, uh, yeah. New York Times bestselling book, the second one I wrote is coming yes. out. Yes, indeed, number one. New Are you York coming Times to DC? You know she Girl. is. Girl, here, let me tell you, it's a virtual Uh-oh. tour because Corona, okay? <laughs> That's what I thought. I was hoping. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, we're going to be there. We're going to be at all seven of them there. We're going to be at seven. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you, my conversation partners, y'all, my conversation partners, it's a situation. It's, it's I'm just letting you know right now. People going to have a trouble picking which one they want to come to, so they can come oh, across the world. You, oh, yeah, shoot. that's going to be the hard part. Kind of like Michelle's Becoming tour. You would be like, oh, I'm going to go to this city because of this person. And then you'd be like, oh, I want to go to the yes. next one. So, yeah, yes. we're claiming that's all that. That's how it is. So when I'm, I'm about to drop this list, y'all going to be like, what? I'm so excited. It's going to be good. Yeah. Oh, we're too hyped. We're too hyped. So you guys do the challenge. Um, follow the book tour. Sign up and pre-order the book. Thank you, Lovey. Thank you, Tanil. Love you guys. Love you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Wait, are you subscribed yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Show us some love and subscribe, share, rate, and review. Yes, and then let's keep talking at lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. That's L-O-V-E-M-A-A-D-E-N. And connect with me at Tenille Daniels. That's T-E-N-N-I-L-L-E Daniels.